When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome, everybody. Hope everyone is having a great week, the Sustainable Success way. If you are new to Sustainable Success, you found us here at the Voice American Influencers Channel. And we encourage you also to follow us on Apple and Spotify, including our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. There we have many of our great guests that over the years have shared their words of wisdom and helping you through their experience to elevate your business and personal success to the next level. Sustainable Success is committed to your success and your input helps us to help you better moving forward. Feel free to reach out to us at chris at christophersalem.com. We love to have your input on what types of content and processes will help you in your business forward and we'll be happy to provide that for you. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. They're a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all walks of life an opportunity to rekindle old relationships and perhaps meet new people for the first time. And because this is a membership program, you have the privilege of interacting in a genuine, authentic way with people based on your time without all, taking out all the noise of social media and all the notifications. It also offers an infinity program for those members where you're able to tap into different things that you can use in your business and personal life that you would not normally be able to get on your own. Feel free to reach out to alumnidirect.com, check them out, and there is a, an opportunity to join free to kind of test out how this could work in your situation. That is alumnidirect.com. But we have a great show for you today, and I am so looking forward to this. We're going to talk about from desperation to leading the nation, and we're going to be talking with Raquel Jones, and she's known as the welfare escape artist, teaching low-income families how to protect, grow their income while we receiving various social service benefits. And before I go into all the things about what we're going to discuss today, I want to give a little bit of background about her so that we have a, a better understanding of what she's going to be sharing. As I mentioned, she is the welfare escape artist, and she is uh, known for uh, you know recently securing more than $1.25 million in housing and urban development uh, HUD grants during 2017 to help families remove barriers and achieve self-sufficiency. She's a former chair of Public Housing Authority Board of Commission, a Housing Authority staff, and a welfare mother herself. She is the go-to subject matter expert on all things resident services, program development, leadership, policy, and self-sufficiency. So I love this topic because this is the first time we've had a topic covered this particular area, and there is going to be a wealth of information. So for those that are in this space, and those that are listening to this for the first time, take notes and go back and listen to the show in its entirety here later today. And without further ado, we welcome Raquel Jones to the show. Raquel, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful, Chris. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to have you here. We are so thankful. I would love to talk about, you know, you know, we always like to open up with our guests about their personal experience, like, you know, and what you're going to share today and what led you down this path of, you know, sharing that experience and helping so many families that could be in these situations to really live uh, better lives? Amen. I will. Well, my journey actually started about 20 years ago. I was a juvenile correctional officer um, for New York State Corrections. And all of the young ladies that we were in charge of, they were all from single family homes, African-American high school dropouts. They all had poor relationships with their fathers, and I really thought that that was not an accident. I wanted to see why our ward was, you know, everyone on our ward was the same. Everyone in the facility was the same. Everyone in the state's facilities was the same. And all the facilities across the United States bear that same witness, and I just thought something's not right. And so I, I went back to school. That is what made me go and sign up for um, criminal justice. I thought, why are these people committing crimes? Like, what's so glorious about crime? And it was there that I learned this is going to be a very long journey because the questions I was asking, no one could answer. And while I was trying to 
figure this stuff out for them, I actually became it. So in this process, I was, I wound up being pregnant with my first child. The first place they told me was to go to social services. And I learned that, you know, the more kids you have, the more money they'll give you. And this was the game that they were teaching me in the social services. And I was like, this is not going to be my life. But then I had a second child, different fathers. And I thought, well, what, you know, what just happened? How did that happen? And then I had a third and then a fourth. And so you talk about postpartum, you're talking about everything imaginable. I had four children back to back. I was pregnant every day for four years straight. And my life was a living hell, if I could say that. It was a, yes, it was a living, yeah, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. And with those four children, I was working full time, going to school, and I was trying my best to get out of this whatever this was, but I really didn't even realize what I was doing in creating this poverty situation. And so I remember just one day, I just felt so defeated. After not checking the thoughts in my head that were coming in, I just let them go unchecked. And it was like, every time I went to social services, they would tell me that I didn't qualify for this. I didn't qualify for that. I was $2 over. Um, a day, you know, what did they say? A dollar short, a day late. That was the story of my life. And I remember them, they gave me an ultimatum. They said, well, we're not going to pay for you to go to school to become a lawyer, but we will pay for you to go to school to become a CNA. And I said, well, I don't even have the stomach for CNA. I don't, I'm not called to do CNA work. Well, you have to choose. If you want this money, this is what you're going to have to choose. And I remember at that moment, it's like my life was just crashing down. I needed the money. I was trying to make myself better, but the system was telling me, you're going to be better on our terms. You're going to do it this way. Mm. And I didn't want to do it that way. I didn't feel like that was what I was called to do. And so I, at that time, told Tanif, like, I'm going to stay in school. You can keep this little check. You know, but it was a crossroads because now I'm like, what am I going to do? And I remember this was around the time, if your listeners ever remember, years ago, there was a lady, Andrea Yates. She drowned all five of her children in a, in a bathtub. Yes, I yes. And it was it was horrific, but it was around that same time. I promise you, I was just fast forwarding my life. I looked and I saw I'm never going to get out of this. And then I saw my sons. I have four beautiful sons and I'm looking at them and I'm like, I, I was so apologetic for bringing them into a world that I couldn't even navigate. And I heard a voice that said drown them. And I literally went to get the towels. It was like, it was, I was already at past desperation. I was past desperate. Wow. I had no other alternatives. I had no other options. I had tried and exhausted everything. And drowning my children, I thought that made the most, that gave me the most peace in that moment. And I went to the, get the towels. I started running the water. And I'm thinking, who am I going to drown first? Is it the oldest? Because he'll give me the most trouble. Is it the baby? Because he's in the crib sleeping. And as I went to go and look for the oldest, he was not there. And then I said, well, let me find the other one, Nazareth. I said, let me find Nazareth. Nazareth is not there. So I'm calling them, and they're not there. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. They just was here. This is just a room. It's a, it's a big room, but it's, it's a room nonetheless. And then I said, let me get the baby. Because I knew that I had to hurry up with whatever heinous decision this was. I was going to do that and then kill myself. I got the razor blade. I was ready to go. And the baby was not in the crib, Christopher. Oh, my God. The Lord, the Lord hid them for my eyes for the, that, those seconds. And then all of a sudden, one of them comes shooting out in front of me. And he's eating this cookie. And he's just laughing. And he's laughing. And he's laughing. And I'm like, why are you laughing? This is our last day on this earth. I'm leaving. I already made up my mind. I'm not doing it anymore. And he starts laughing even more. And it was, and it was like in that moment. I just became still and numb, but I, I listened to the laughter and it was something so releasing, something so hopeful. In the laughter, I heard, wait, hold on. It gets better. Wait, hold on. Yeah. And it snapped me out of whatever I was going through. And in that moment when I realized what I was about to do and who I was, and who I needed to be to hold on and wait, 
I literally felt my brain rattle in my head and I said, oh my God, I'm having a nervous breakdown. I said, this is what a nervous, it felt like literally someone took my brain and put it in a blender and was mixing it up really, really fast. And I fell to my knees and I prayed one prayer as I held my head tight. I said, Lord, if you get me out of this hellhole, I promise I will come back and I will help others like me. Because I knew there were other moms stuck in this cycle of dependency, stuck in this hamster wheel. I said, I, I, said I, I don't care if it takes me 20 years, I'll come back and I will help. And just like that, I got off that floor. I just remember walking to the TV, I turned the button off, and I started to fold clothes. I started to get super organized. It's like I got off the floor and I had a set of processes and systems that I had not had prior to that breakdown and that has been the story of my life ever since systems processes management how do you how do you manage four kids a full-time job school time management it's systems and so once I started to get a grasp over my life I remember saying okay now we can we could do school we could do we could do whatever we needed to do um and that is the that's the the nuts and bolts wow. of how and how we got here. That's wow. the story. I mean, just imagine, like, just for that that moment of time that could have been just like a minute. Your kids were not in your sight, and then your son just had this, like, you know, I'm laughing no matter what. Not that he was laughing uh, at you; that he was laughing right. because no matter what was happening, because he was young, he didn't know. That yes. everything would be okay, and you know, and somehow, in that time prior to that, you didn't feel that way. You felt like every, no. there was no other alternative other than Absolutely this. Absolutely not. And that was no. like an aha moment that it basically your son, you know, saved your his life, everybody's life. He's a hero. He saved us all. <laughs> Nazareth was his name. Yes, Nazareth saved us all. And I, I promise you, I, I swear and believe that there was like. We had there was intervention on that day. There was major intervention on that day because the way he was laughing. You ever seen a, a child get tickled and they're just kind of moving yes. all over the place? I mean, he was just so. I I often think about angels like someone was there was intervention, Chris. I yes. I can't explain it because yes. this guy was being tickled. And it, he just laughed more and more and more, so much more that. I had to take notice to how could you laugh like this at a time like this? It just seemed so surreal. It was just, and you know what? I remember after it was all done and I washed all the bottles, did all the pampers. I, I mean, I created a whole system overnight. I remember hearing the voice of the Lord, like in my spirit, it was told to me to take a picture of them. So I took a picture of all of them on that day. And I remembered if there was any pictures that I will always have, it will be me on these this day. It was I call it my crossroads. And I took a picture of him eating that cookie. And I took a picture of all of my sons. And I often look at it, but I promise you, had I not had that intervention, I would have been one of those heinous stories that you would be reading about. Exactly. Yep, absolutely. You know, and, and it's and it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you know, you say it's a heinous story because that's how the yeah. perspective is from the outside. How could a mother do yeah. that to their children and a house selfish, but you know, they don't realize what, you know, what you're doing. It's not that you're a bad person. Like it, it, it's just at the time, that's, that's all you, you knew you, there was no other alternative from your perspective in that situation. No, I just it felt like I was an adult. I was navigating and I felt, what racism felt like. I felt what this system was. It felt like no one wanted me to succeed. And I thought, am I about to, did I just set these four young men up to, for failure? Like, will they be able to succeed? Because if I can't get out and I am busting my tail here, how can I show them how to get out? And that is what scared me that they would have, I, you know, you, I looked at my life, my family's life. I looked down the road before this decision was actually made. And all I saw, I saw no one made it out in my family. Everyone was still, you know, broke or addicted to something from drugs to alcohol to, you know, or sick in their body and just from housing and subsidies. It just was, it was, it was not prosperity. 
Yes. There was no prosperity. Okay. Yeah. There was no mindset. There was no wealth. There was no entrepreneurship. There was nothing that was that I could say, oh, if I could just, you know, glean from this person, I can learn. It was not that. And so of course, I'm like, I don't I don't wanna I don't want them to inherit that. Then I felt like I really failed. Yeah. 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 So tell us a little bit about, you know, Raquel, like from that moment, like, you know, where, like I said, you felt you had this epiphany, like it just, I mean, that you were on that verge of, of the most tragic thing that could ever happen. And then all of a sudden it became the greatest blessing at the same time or, or shortly after, like right then. What what triggered like to explain that 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 shift even if it was a minor shift because you like you said you didn't have all the answers at that point you just kind of felt like well I got I just bought myself another day this this bought me another day but but something's here that I can build on talk about that and where this you know kind of transitioned mm-hmm. from there because I think this is so important for people that are at a crossroads in their businesses absolutely. in life absolutely. Um, I think what it was, ultimately, it was a total, total surrender. I know that in that moment when I fell, I surrendered to everything I thought I knew, I didn't know, and I got up with a willingness to do whatever it took to to just get it right. Mm-hmm. And so I remember with a new, I, I woke, I got up off the floor with a new set of skills. So I turned the TV off, which was a major distraction, you know, just watching TV all day. That was a major distraction. Once the TV came off, I started to literally, I remember folding clothes. And as they came out of the dryer, I mean, I washed the clothes, dried them. And as they came out the dryer, I would fold them. I now would literally layer Pants, t-shirt, underwear, socks, pants, t-shirt, underwear, socks. And I did that for five days a week for all four kids. And then I went to making all of my meals on a Sunday. I put them in Tupperware bowls. I put them in the freezer. I went to making. So it just was like a system. So this way, every day, I never had to figure out, well, what are you wearing? Everything was on clockwork. So I'm waking up at five. I do my meditation. I'm doing my, you know, my prayer. And then they're off to school. They get their baths at night. They're off. And so now that they were taken care of and I had ample space in my mind to think, because don't forget, Chris, I'm here to solve a problem. Mm. I was called to solve this problem. I still had to figure that out. So I had to get my life in order so it would leave room in my brain to figure it out. And one of the most important things, even though the pressure was still on, um, I had a professor tell me because I told her I was going to come out of school. She was like, no, she was like, don't. She was like, "You're, you're brilliant. She was like, you need to stay in school, like whatever it takes. And she told me to go to my financial aid office and max out my budget for student loans and financial aid, tap, pell, grants, everything, get it all. And I did that. And so my refunds became larger. And I remember calling my caseworker because on social services, for anybody who doesn't know, soon as you get money, you have 10 days to report that you got this money. Yes. And if you don't and they find out, you could be held for fraud or you have to pay back. And so... Everybody in this cycle knows you work just long enough to where they can't detect it. And then you quit the job. You know, you quit. Um, And so I remember getting this huge check. It was like seven, eight thousand dollars for me. And I was like, whoa. And I called the caseworker. I was like, so I have this check and I know you guys are going to take it. So here. And she says, well, actually, we can't touch it. And I said, why? She said, because it's not income. I said, well, what do you mean it's not income? It's, a, it's, it's cash for me. She was like, no, that's not income from wages earned. So I thought, so you mean to tell me I can get these kind of checks all the time and you never bother my food stamps, my Medicaid, or any of my other benefits? She was like, no. And I got off that phone, Chris, and I said, I'm never coming out of school. Mm. I was a professional <laughs> student. I was a professional student for 12 years. I went all the way up to my PhD, I said, I'm not coming out of school because if, because let me tell you what that allowed. While everybody else was working, I was in these boardrooms. 
I was running my business. I was learning how to run my business. And while it may have taken me, and which is a very sad, sad, it's sad to say this, Chris. It took me eight years to make my first dollar. Now, I made my first $3,000, but eight years to make $3,000 is ridiculous. But I had no one to help me. And so being in these rooms and meeting people and being able to take those refunds. And what I did is I paid my rent off six, seven months at a time. So now I didn't have to think about money. I didn't have to think about bills. Now I could just, I got you. I could just focus on the problem that I was created to solve. And that's what I did. That's the systems that I used. Wow. I love that. And I want to go into a little bit more in, in, in how you discovered, you know, you came up with a process, like a, like a routine that got your mind focused on what you had to do to keep things as efficient within your control, because you can't control everything, but right. you can control the things that you can control and how you really were patient and you used the resources that you had to trust your process to get you where you had to go. And now Absolutely. you can look back and, and be, you look at the situation, not as a, as a curse or something, but it was actually a blessing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. It was, it was the process. Trust the process. Yeah. Wow. Though it takes long, trust it. Patience, patience, patience. Wow. That is, that is remarkable. I, I like to get into a little bit more about the importance of that, Raquel, when we come back after the break. Because I think that is so important, not only in, when, it become, when it comes to resilience in somebody's life and or a situation, but also in business, because we're going to go through cycles in business, whether if it's good or bad, that are beyond our control. We got about 25 seconds. Anything else, like any final look, quick little point you want to you state before, before we go to break? No, well, I will say to the audience, nothing happens by accident. And that was something that I just had to learn, but I didn't learn it until later on that everything was so strategic in my life and nothing was by accident. Wow. Uh, I, I, and I, and I firmly support that a hundred percent because I have, I've, uh, remember my aha moment or transformational moment 23 plus years ago. So I can relate on all fronts. Well, we got more to come here again. We're talking about uh, we're talking with our, uh, our, uh, Raquel Jones here, and we're talking about from desperation to leading the nation. We got to go to break, but when we come right back. We're going to dive into more about the process that she was describing that will help move you and your business forward. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, We're just getting back. We're talking uh, with our... Raquel Jones, and we're talking about from desperation to leading the nation. Again, this is just it's such a, a powerful impact story that Raquel has just shared. If you are just joining us, 
We highly encourage you to listen to the first segment later here uh, today on demand. It will really, really open your eyes to anything that you're going through personally and in your business and how we can see that, that moment, even though you wouldn't see it that way at the time, as a blessing of where it can lead if you trust your process. And she's going to share with us now about a little bit more about why trusting your process is important and how through through a, a routine and patience and empathy and gratitude, where long-term that where we are and where we can be and how we can continue to get back through our example and resourcefulness to others. Raquel, if you could share more about your that, that the process that you were talking about and how this really transformed you and how it transformed where you are. Because you talked about your business of, you know, eight years to make your first buck, you know, all everything that led up and where that process has taken you and how it can help others do the same. Absolutely. I know that initially in the beginning, it didn't feel like a process. It felt like chaos. It felt like unsurety. It felt like a lack of confidence. It just felt like I was never accomplishing anything. And that was mostly because I kept looking at everybody else. And so if you're, if you're for your listeners, stay the course, your course, it's your course. It's not anybody else's course. So the more I look to the left or to the right and saw people moving faster or, you know, moving with different tools, I would then self doubt. I then would, you know, be really critical about, what I was doing. And until I came to the realization that, wait a minute, I am loved and I am supposed to be prosperous. I am supposed to be wealthy and everything that I put my hands to should move and work because, and I had to work through that. That took a long time to, to meditate for me. I'm a believer. So I had to meditate on the word, whatever you do to get you to that place of full throttle confidence you do it until it becomes a part of who you are. But for me, it was first believing that I'm worth goodness, that I'm worthy of great things. And in poverty, that was so hard to overcome because I would see everybody else prosper around me except for me. And so I had to get rid of the thoughts that I was cursed or just like hated and rejected in this piece of trash. I had to get rid of those thoughts. And believe it or not, I learned later on by just being in different cohorts. It wasn't even a thought that just me as a black woman was having. A lot of people were having the same thoughts of unworthiness. And once I solved that, then it was okay for me to be where I am at my pace. And because I knew what I wanted to do was so critical I was just in the lab. I just looked at it. Listen, I'm in a lab. I'm going to just keep tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking until this thing is perfected. And that was just like my, that was the fuel that gave me the endurance to be able to, to move out. And I think it's important that you can plan, 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 but you got to practice. So don't be afraid to go out there and fail and make mistakes because you're going to make them. Yeah. You're going to make them. And I think that sometimes it's paralyzing to us. Like you don't want to make a mistake, but I had to make so many mistakes in order to know what will work, what won't work, and what I was called to do. And I just wish someone would have told me, Raquel, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and trust your process. And and I think for, for me and most people, it was always trying to have this you wanted to be in this destination at this point in time. And it was not even real. It's not even a real place most of the time. It's it's created by maybe you desiring something that is not even yours or supposed to be yours. You know, so I had to realize that as long as I can feed my children, I didn't want for anything. I had a roof over my head. I had clothes on my back. I had food to eat. I was able to love no matter what. I was good. I didn't need the mansion. I didn't need, you know, Khloe Kardashian money. I just needed to be able to take care of me and myself and have enough money to get to the very next place. And so that is really the just the things that 
just kept me moving forward. Plus the vision. I tell everybody without vision, what do you have? The vision is what, when I hit those ropes, because you're going to hit the ropes. I hit the ropes all the time. And I was like, I'm throwing in a towel. I threw in the towel so many times. But the vision will wake you up at night because it's just like, you know what? I didn't think about this. And then you back in the lab all over again with all of that excitement all over again. Working on the thing that you were created to, to, to do. Yeah, it's not how many times that you, you, you got knocked down. It's how many times that you, when you get up That's and right. you stand tall. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have setbacks. But it's just, you know, seeing where the life you, you, de- you desire to create and trusting your process that you could control what you can and letting go of what you can't. You made a valuable point, like how you struggled and because you were caught up in other people and what they were doing. And if they if they had success in your eyes, why couldn't I instead of saying, well, I got to look at my own. I'm here because I'm you know, this is where I'm at. How do I get myself there I'm not tied to the expectation to the outcome. I see where I'm going, but I'm going to just focus on what I have right now and build from there and complete the puzzle over time. So I love that. I love that. So that's very encouraging. And I think that's a valuable lesson that you shared, Raquel, you know, not only in with somebody's resiliency and somebody's personal life, but also in every business. I mean, because every business, there's going to be a challenge as well. There's going to be setbacks. There are going to be things beyond your control. And, and all we can do is focus on what we control. What would you say now that this system that you've adopted and routine, you know, has, has done to your life? It's something that obviously we have to continue to do, right? It's not something we ever become complacent with because we don't, we could easily go back to where we were. So right. it's, uh, it's that consistency. If you could talk about that, you know, from your perspective. So you said talk about the yeah like the consistency of you know when you you know you you started where you were you got to a a, a better place and you continue to build that you know that you know like you're building like mm-hmm. a pyramid you're building up as you move mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um. So one of the things that for me I I had to also come to grasp with is that I was a trailblazer and that the paths that I was trailblazing had not been, you know. It had not been ablazed. It had yeah. not been, you know, excavated. And so for a lot of us, you know, you could get up and do what everybody else does, or you can chart your own course. And I think some of us are created to chart a whole new course for others to follow. And that is even harder for, you know, first of all, business is hard. I don't care what kind of business you go into. Business is hard. Um but to be a trailblazer and be the first front, like in the frontier of something that's never really been done, you know, is triple harder. I think over time, the one thing I can say that I'm grateful for is it's made me, some people say, um, they like Raquel is a beast. Like her work ethic is through the roof. Her level of excellence is bar none. You know, um, the confidence. When I show up in a room, I'm showing up as I know I have the best solution in here and not one person in here can top this. Not me personally, like an arrogant pride thing, but I've studied and I have worked this thing and no one knows this thing more than me. So when I say I, like the best that ever did it, like I was always taught, if, if, if anybody could do what you do better than you, then you better find something else to do. And so it's just created a stronger, more deeper rooted, you know, person that it's like authenticity. It's just so yeah. this this whole thing is so authentic. You can't. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, like A.I., when someone told me, you know, so many people are out here with copying content and they're getting it from AI and they said, well, they can't. But your stuff is so rich and meaty and new that AI couldn't even. And that's where you really want to be, you know, where I don't want to be copied by a machine because you don't read so many articles out there. They all sound the same. And it's like, how can you differentiate yourself from the next person. And I believe if we all have these different finger, what they call it, the um, fingerprints, yeah. I believe that's how different we all can actually be. But I think it's fear that keeps us hidden in these 
you know, you're just so afraid to out, you know, to be great. It's like give yourself permission to be so great. I need more greatness. I want to be around more people greater than me. Mm-hmm. Awesome, and and I think that's so important because that obviously really helps us to stay not only stay the course, but but you know to keep taking ourselves out of our comfort zone to keep learning and growing because it's always that that's part of that that process that you were talking definitely. about. Definitely. Wow. Definitely. Wow. So what would be some things that, you know, if there, if there are women or even men, uh, you know, that are going through, you know, a, a similar situation uh, like you, or it could be something, you know, maybe not the same situation, but just in their eyes, it's a very yeah. difficult time. What would be that first thing that you would advise them, you know, to do if they were hearing you right now live or if they hear you later on demand? The first thing I would say is just, number one, come to grips with the fact that you are awesome. You are awesome and you were born to thrive. You were born to prosper. You were born to live the absolute best life ever. I don't care what you, what your conditions or circumstances or barriers are. You were born to thrive. And once you can solve that, then your next pursuit is okay i understand that that is a fact now i how will we do that how what does thrive now look for me what does that look for me and go into the most nakedest i don't even know if nakedest naked place that you yeah. have within yourself where you are just the most authentically most innocent you and say if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? If you, you know, if money wasn't an option or if that obstacle wasn't there, what would you do? And whatever that mm-hmm. thing is, that is the thing that you pursue relentlessly without regret, without, you know, delay. You just pursue it. And watch the doors open. The universe, the world, the universe will open and tell you. And that's one thing I could actually say for me. I had so many clues every day telling me this is a problem that I need you to solve. I'm your problem. You're like, this problem was screaming out for me to solve. Yes. And I promise you, you might have been ignoring it most of the time and running away from it because you couldn't figure out. Well, stop leaning on your own understanding. Ask for help. Ask for help. Wow. That is fine. And, and, and I, I love what you just said there again, you know, that, that again is trusting that process like that, that you can say, okay, I can't control everything here, but I, I you, but you knew something would, would open up a door, something, a, a puzzle piece that I did not know of. I didn't have that in time when the time was right, it would be yep. there to connect and keep connecting, connecting, connecting till I reach my objective. And when I reach my objective, Absolutely. I start with another puzzle and, and I got so many pieces that are in my control and I focus and do that, do that Absolutely. over and over again. I wish someone told me that. I wish someone said, because I think most of the time when it doesn't happen and the pieces are not there, that's what makes us frustrated. And that's what gives us that, that those moments of defeat. But if it's not there, it's not time. Yeah. Period. Because when it's time, oh, it shows up. It shows up. And nothing can prevent it from showing up when it's time. Wow. And so that's the process. You got to respect time. And, you know, you got to just respect that this is bigger than you. This is all bigger than all of us. Yeah. Wow. And and I think that's so important because, you know, so many people get caught up in worrying, overwhelmness, frustrating, anxiety, the stress. Because again, we're yeah. so consumed in the control we can't control in other people and their communication, their behavior, their attitude, their emotions, their lack of action or whatever that's impacting the things that we're looking to do. But, but if we get so caught up in that and, and the, or the situation of something, that it, not, I don't care how much you worry, it ain't going to help it, right? We, yeah. we, you know, we can always remind ourselves when we look back and say, why did I do that? But then we, then people do it again. Yeah. 
So I love the fact how you were able to kind of learn that and you continue to apply that. And you're an example of that to other people that you inspire through, you know, your, your situation at the time and then your experience, you know, working through it. Believe it or not, I'm at the point now where I'm, I just looked up maybe a month ago and I, and it scared me because I looked up and I was like, it's 20 years. It's 20 years just went by. Are you kidding me? And I was in the supermarket. It was like, really? 20 whole years? I would have never thought. It, everything always seemed like it was happening now. Like I was living in these moments of now. Yeah. But now, but now adds up. Like most people will now see, what, you know, this whole welfare movement, all of this stuff happening. This was 20 years in the making. But when you're so, when your face is like to the ground and you're plowing, time doesn't even exist. Like yeah. there was many times I didn't even know. I was like, is it Monday, Tuesday? Is it 12 o'clock? Like you just become outside of this, 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 any limits. Time was not even a, 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 a factor for me. It was getting it done no matter how long it took. So I'm so excited because it's been such a long time. And trust me, there was moments I'm like, is it almost ready? Are we almost ready? Yeah. And then we were just practicing. We're still practicing. And even now, we're still out here. You know, we're practicing on a bigger scale. Um, you know, moving moms off welfare, getting them out of the welfare system. You know, after you pluck out one, you pull out two, you know, then three and then five and then 10 and then 30 and then 40. You're like, well, wait a minute. This is actually, well, if I'm doing this by myself, then what is everybody else doing? Don't worry about it, Raquel. Just keep your head straight and just keep doing what you're doing. And then, you know, and then right before I knew it, you know, and I would always, for me, I would, whenever I got to the place where I didn't know what I was doing next, I would pray. I would ask God. I would ask you. I'm like, what, what's next? Tell me what's next. And it will come. An answer will come. It will show up. Yeah. Wow. That's fan- That's unbelievable. I love that. And uh, it's it, your story is so inspiring. And what are some of the things like right now, like that, you know, with this process, you know, that you've been doing to help people? I love that, you know, just talk about like anything that you've been working on other than just being the example, things that you're doing to inspire people in, you know, getting through these difficult situations in their lives and their careers and so on. Well, we've actually opened up a um, business school. It's an incubator called the Resident-Owned Business Incubator, um, Roby. We call it Roby for short because I wanted to make sure that I could give an under-resourced entrepreneur everything I never had. You know, waiting eight years to make your first dollar was unnecessary. Most people would give up. And so we have a business um, program that you can find on our website, canilive.org. And what we do is basically we take these these entrepreneurs that have a dollar and a dream, and that's all they have. And we're actually skilled at deciphering what's real, what's dreams, and, you know, and what's really like feasible in the market. And so, you know, they come to us and they're like, I have this idea. And so we kind of, you know, throw it around, but we give them this whole mindset overhaul this transformational wealth mindset. We instill that. So I love, and I make sure that no matter how many students we have, I'm in those classrooms Mondays. Like Mondays is my day. I give back and I'm giving them life lessons and, and I'm giving them things that like you're hearing me talk about today. So they get to see the good, the bad, and the ugly of business um, and what it takes to move forward. And then they also matriculate. There's a life cycle where it's like that boot camp, that bootstrapping boot camp is serious. And then they launch. So we pay for their business license, their website, their logos. But you earn those things. And then you you pitch for cash. And then we support you and help you, you know, um, complete awards, RFPs, contracts, grants, etc. And so, you know, that right there is like my, I love that work. Because entrepreneurship, if anyone doesn't know, owning a small business, if you're on subsidy, you, you don't even have a choice. Because they don't even count the income. Remember, I talked to you before how yeah. in school that income was counted differently. Well, when I got my small business, 
that income was counted differently. So I was able to not only protect, um, I was able to leverage the monies that was coming in, but then I could protect it through the small business by legally expensing out. When you have a nine to five job, everything you pay for is, yeah. is, 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 is yours. But when you have a legal business, you can absorb some of those costs through your deductions. And, and if I might have brought in $100,000, well, I have a team, I have staff, I have internet, I have bills, I have advertising, marketing, consulting, insurance. So really, I might have only made $30,000 because I spent 70000 in trying to keep the business. Trying to, yep. Yeah. And so that right there is one of the things that, you know, we want our moms and dads to know, if you're going to do it, do it right. Don't lie, cheat, and steal for it because you don't have to. And legal, like, let's do this. This is these are benefits to running a business, and everybody else has benefited from it. So I think we should too. Um, and so those are the, the the two things: education and entrepreneurship. I don't. You don't have a way out because if you got four kids, you're not going to, oh, yeah. to work yourself. You're not going to work yourself to prosperity. And plus, prosperity is a mindset. It's, oh, it, it is. It has nothing to do with money. Absolutely. It, it is. It, it's, a, it's a way, again, I, I agree with you 100%. How we think determines how we be. How we be determines what we become. What we become determines how we do it and then have different and better results. Whatever that may mean to you, whatever prosperity yep. is in the eye of That's the right. beholder. Wow. That's right. I Absolutely. love that. I love mm. that. So, anything else that you would like to share? about, you know, what you discussed this process. In this case, I shouldn't say the process. It was your process, but how right. people can use it to now create and, you know, and, and you know, embrace their process. Anything else, any final comments that you'd like to share into that point? I, I think, you know, since COVID and all of the things that has happened to us as an, in America, and even what's happening in Ukraine, I think, the world is screaming out for problem solvers. And so this is the time to get your whole entire being in a, in a position to lock in. Lock in on the problem that you really feel compelled to solve. Because the only reason why we're in such turmoil is because people are not solving the problems. I feel like we're a prescription for the earth. You know, like you come here and you have a prescription on your back and it's your job to find out what what cure, cure am I actually bringing to this planet? I'm here. Am I adding to the problem or am I adding to the cure to make this world a better place? And, you know, being consistent, you know, everybody will tell you that being consistent. And I just feel like if you don't have a vision then ask the universe for a vision. Pray for a vision. Whoever you believe in. And that's one thing I remember the first few years. I just kept asking for one one vision. I had so many visions. I, I, I could have did anything. Yeah. I was like, I just want the one vision. The one vision. One pure holy vision. That's all I kept asking for. And it took years before it could, I could see it. But when you're unsure, surround yourself, you know, through people that celebrate and understand prosperity and understand what it means to take risk, fall, and succeed. Um, you, you're just not going to go anywhere if, you're, if your network is a whole bunch of naysayers that don't believe in anything. I definitely would never ask anybody to do anything that, you know, I, I can't ask you for advice if you've never done anything that I want to do. Yes. And so, you know, that's like real big. People ask people for advice. I'm like, but she's never done anything. Why would you ask her? Yeah. Um, you know, so I think just be 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 encouraged and be courageous. If that was that that word right there, courageous, brave, you have got to be brave. Yeah. Because there is a status quo that has existed that has gotten us in this place right now that needs to be challenged for the better of us all. So be brave, be bold, be courageous, and love no matter what. Don't let anybody steal your ability to love. Like, that's the most powerful tool that we have. And I don't mean be taken advantage of. I mean, 
love unconditionally regardless of who they are regardless of what they believe and how different they are everybody's worthy of love and respect uh, i love that Raquel, you your story is so inspiring and your words of wisdom and your strength are just uh admirable to the listeners and those that will be listening later how can people get in touch with you to get to know you reach out you know if they're looking for any uh, guidance and help in this particular area. I'd love to give the opportunity to share that with the audience. Thank you so much. Well, one of the things we're on tour, so we're the welfare. We're saying, moms are saying, we don't want welfare. We want welfare. We want a fair distribution of America's wealth. So we have a 37-foot RV that I'm in right now, touring the country, 300 of the poorest public housing communities in America's wealthiest cities. So you could go to thewealthfairtour.com. There you'll be able to connect to Can I Live, which is the nonprofit that's running it. And from Can I Live, you can connect to me personally. And so it's like a, you know, a linkage door, one to the next to the next. So the wealth fair, um, and just like you spell wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H-F-A-I-R, tour.com. And you can get, you know, follow us on um, social medias at the welfare tour. Uh, the nonprofit that I run is Can I Live? Because that's what we're asking. Can I live, everybody? Hey, we're out here. We're human. We love people. We we love God. We want to do things, too. Can I live? So please, 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 whatever of your heart is moved to support us in any kind of way. We're trying to get our women jobs, you know, internships, contracts, ep- economic opportunities. Please, 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 whatever you can do to, to lend a helping hand would be very appreciated. Well. We will definitely encourage, we encourage everyone to support what Raquel's doing. Reach out to her, get to know her. If there's something she can do to help with everything she's done, this is someone who walks the talk and this is real stuff, everybody. And I am so inspired from what I've heard personally here today. Raquel, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule here. You're, you know, you're on tour right now and you're here with us uh, sharing yes. this, this information. Thank you so much for being here today. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me, Chris. Uh, and thank you, Ruthie Davis. She is the bomb out there. Oh, she's wonderful. Absolutely. Yes. Definitely a shout out to Ruthie. Well, Raquel, we support everything you're doing. Thank you so much. And thank listeners, you, Chris. we want to thank you each and every week as we bring in people like Raquel here. To, that you know, Not only are they sharing their success, but their personal journey towards it and knowing that it's ongoing and then how that can elevate your personal success your business to the next level. We uh, greatly appreciate everything that you do by you know, being here and we're committed to your success. So feel free to reach out to us at chris at christophersalem.com. We're here to support and provide any content and insight that can help move your business and personal success to the next level. Till then, we, uh, we wish everybody a great rest of your week, uh, wherever you are, and we'll see you next Thursday. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.